you're going into this whole new market and you need so much information aside from just whether your main image is going to do well, right? So that's that's what I would advise. And yeah. I see I see too many people just like jumping straight into like, cool, I'm just going to make sure this works. And Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 455 ladles and jelly spoons boys and girls welcome back to the 10k collective podcast for six seven and even eight figure amazon sellers part of the amazing fba family for amazon sellers generally today we are talking to justin chen pickfu co-founder of pickfu which is a digital focus group many of us will know it as a place where you can compare images which is the traditional use of it of it and that's one way to use it but that actually can be used in quite a broad way and today we're going to talk about international expansion. So getting outside the US, if you're a US-based listener, or if you're UK-based or wherever it is, just generally getting outside of your country. Yep. So Justin, welcome back. First of all, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, it's been fun. So we, PickFu is is a very nice tool because it's simple to use, which I think is important because so many tools say, we do 20 different things like Helium 10. And no offense to the guys at Helium 10, a lot of yeah. the tools are very useful, but my goodness, it's a lot to take on board. So Simple is good in my book. So we're yeah. talking about image testing for international expansion today. So I know you previously were only for US-based uh, respondents until quite recently, yeah. right? So just remind us of where, which countries you can now get sort of survey responses from. Yeah. So we're now in the Canada, UK, Australia, Australia, and Germany. And in Germany, we target native German speakers. So it'll actually ask them the, the form will be presented in German. The question that you ask will be presented in German. And obviously they're going to be writing in German. So we'll ver translate those back into English for you. And that's so critical, by the way, so many British sellers, particularly, and not only, but we're not in the EU, but it's not physically very far to Europe. Yeah. And so many people, even now Brexit's kind of semi calmed down a bit. It's not the greatest arrangement in the world, frankly, for trade. <laughs> and I don't think the UK economy is really loving it. But nevertheless, if you have stock in the UK and you're not trying to sell in Germany, I think you're on drugs. It's the second biggest Amazon marketplace in the world. Yes. Americans generally are even lazier than Brits, if I may say so, about thinking about going abroad because they use foreign languages. Well, guess what? If a machine will translate it for you into the native language and then translate the results back into your own language, I don't think there's any excuse for not checking it out. So that That's alone right. is worth the price of admission, I think. Plus, of course, you sell in the US, you got your stock there, 80% of Canadians live within 100 miles of the US border. Yeah. A bit silly not to try that, right? So there's, there's many easy-ish wins as far as these mm -hmm. things go, I think. So I'm, I'm always banging on about Germany and, and mostly if people have gone in there, they come back to me and say, wow, thank God you got us against Germany because we're making <laughs> a lot more money. So, so what do we need to, to, to do when we're going to other markets then? Do we just kind of do the same things that we do in the US if you're US based or the UK if you're U based, UK based? Or are there some other nuances we've got to think about? I mean, I, I think from our standpoint, we, we advise our customers to test not only their main image, but 
other aspects of of their product and branding. So first of all, testing the branding, and that doesn't have to include your 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 actual product, but maybe it's just your branding or your name or your logo. So you maybe just the text of your your name or just showing the image of your logo. But first of all, you need to make sure if your brand name is offensive in that native language or has like a misconstrued meaning, all this kind of stuff. And even if it does, maybe you still want to go forward with it. But hey, better better to go in with that knowledge than to be surprised when the reviews start coming back and like, hey, like did you know that this in German is, you know, so-and-so. So, and even, even in the UK, like that, that can happen as well. I, I remember there was, a, there was a computer company in the U S that was called like Wang computers. And they, they were trying to like expand into the UK and like, like it wasn't going very well. It's like, well, you know, we're, we're all speaking English here, but like kind of in a different way. Right. So it's important to, to get feedback on your branding, product names, all that kind of stuff. Of course, like even just like your, your, like your brand colors and kind of like your motif are also important, right? Because every culture kind of interprets things in a different way. So aside from just your product, I recommend doing all that kind of like holistic testing before you truly go into a market. Because if you're going to go hard into the German market, maybe it makes sense to create a new brand. That's all. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And the classic, I love that Wang computers, I used to have a person that I corresponded with, I can't remember why, some Wang's incredibly common name in, in China or indeed yeah. amongst Chinese origin people in America or UK. But um, my wife sniggered every single time I said his name because it's a rude word in English, but clearly <laughs> not in American English, in British English. The other classic example, of course, is the Vaux or Nova. And Nova means new in Latin, I guess. So I've mm-hmm. known plenty of them around in the UK. But when they went to South America, they really couldn't sell the thing. And they wondered why, because Nova, I mean, doesn't go in Spanish, which is a terrible name for a car, but it took them a <laughs> heck of a long time considering it's a big international company with the odd Spanish speaker, you would have thought to figure this out. So to, joking apart, this is a, a classic mistake. And yes. yeah, you may be absolutely right. I mean, if a German were you, for example, I can think the other way around. If a German was putting a, a brand name like Father Christmas, for example, Vater is the German word for father. But of course, in English, that sounds quite rude. So yeah. that would be a classic example. So I think it's yeah. quite easy to fall into these things. Yeah. So, okay, joke, joking apart and silly brand names apart, what are the other things we need to even consider when we're moving into a new country that you can sort of test through a survey type system? Yeah, I think the other thing is definitely like product packaging and kind of that aspect of it, because I know that culturally, you know, Germans and Japanese and Americans all kind of like, like different ways for information to be presented. And so that's an important thing to, to validate, to test or to iterate on, you know, whether you're going to be like making bold marketing claims, which is kind of like a classic American way of doing things or be a little bit more factual and like, you know, just listing out the, the features, which, you know, some of these other cultures are, are more of a fan of. I think that's something that you got to test before you even get to like the main image, right? Cause I think by the time you get to the main image, you're probably decided that you're going to sell into, to that market. So. I think there's, there are these other validation steps that you need to do before you decide if like you're even a fit to go into a different market. Yeah. And again, I would just say as somebody who speaks German and spent some time there and deals with a lot of Americans, uh, Americans, if you're listening to me, please don't market to Germans like you do to Americans because they'll just think you're on drugs or that you're a, <laughs> you know, a shyster, you're a, what's the word, a con man, because they don't shout about benefits in the way that you do. They yes. talk about feature, feature, features, a nation of engineers. So Justin, you're an engineer, you know, yeah. engineers are obsessed with details and about how does it work and exactly how thick is yeah. that and, and how deep, you know, what is the make of plastic? The Germans yeah. care about this stuff in the way that Brits mostly don't and Americans really don't. So 
I think that's a really critical differentiation point I can say right now. However, how deep that goes, you can tell more precisely in your market by, of course, testing it through yeah. Big Food. So, so it, talking about- I guess uh, another yeah. way to, not to cut you off, but another way is doing the open-ended tests. I know in the last podcast, we were talking about using open-ended tests. And another great way would be to, to poll, let's say the German audience, say like, hey, if you were going to buy a teapot, like what's important to you? And I'm sure you're going to get a different list than if you ask the American respondents, right? So knowing that ahead of time before even presenting, you know, a concept in front of them, you could just do an open-ended text question and just kind of get them to start talking about, or what's your buying habit? How do you, what do you think about when, you know, you're buying this kind of stuff? And culturally, like a lot of people just shop in a, in a different way. And so we may assume just because they're buying on Amazon that they're as impulsive as, as we are, but maybe they aren't. I don't know, right? Like maybe they do more research, maybe they're reading more reviews or whatever it is. Like there's, there's probably a different buying process for every market that you go into. That's a very sophisticated question. I like that. That's a, an interesting point because of course the trouble with selling on Amazon is that Amazon does so much of the heavy lifting that we yeah. don't see the buyer journey. We just see click, click, click. Okay. Sales done, 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 done. Fantastic. We make sales. We have a decent conversion rate. Maybe we look at that, but we don't think about where's that person come from? What have they done before that? Did they yes. Google the name of your brand? Yeah. And, and of course these are critical things because if they Google your name of your brand, I suppose you'd need to have a German website or have one that's geo-targetable and in German and all the rest of it. Right. And if they don't, then I suppose you wouldn't bother with that. Work. So once again, it, it just really shows the, the power of getting a, a handle on this consumer behavior, consumer preferences before you do the really expensive bit, like build an entire website. Or, you know, build a product. The other thing that I think is, is really important is also, again, related to what we were just saying, getting a, a sort of reality check on the mindset, because you don't necessarily know what you don't know, but more importantly, you don't know how American or British or German you are in your mindset until you meet a different culture and you go, wow, is it possible to think about this differently? So I think that, that sort of rude direct contact with a different way of thinking is, is it sort of jolts your thinking. I think that's really yeah. important for the marketer as well. Not just in terms of how do I tweak the system I'm creating, but like, oh, I've got to think, I've got to take seriously the fact that Germans don't just speak a different language, they have a different way of working or, or Japanese, yeah. which is different again, right? Yeah. I mean, what are, give, give us some fun examples. Have you seen people kind of really, you, you, you mentioned WAN computers and I would talk about Nova. Are there any other things in e-commerce where you've suddenly seen people have a sort of wake-up call on how to readjust their I approach? I think it's just more people jumping straight into, like what I was saying, like they're just taking the main image and like, oh, I'm, I'm going in, I'm just going to make sure that this main image, which I've been using, like on my American listing, is, is going to do well and not, and not taking the steps backwards and really validating it. I really think it's a fun way to use and an educational way to use pick food. We just asking these very like conversational questions. Like if you were to go and meet a German or a group of Germans and you just wanted to like get into their head, right? Like, you know, even what are, what are the important shopping milestones of the year? Like, okay, if you don't know, I mean, sure you can Google it, but it's also interesting just to hear from people, you know, people talking about like, oh, well, I typically, I celebrate these things or whatever it is. And just kind of asking the things that you would at a cocktail party with a bunch of Germans and just trying to understand like, oh, like what, what advertisements or like what brands do you think are doing well? Like what are popular things that you're buying? Like if you're asking a bunch of German moms, like, you know, what are the things that are important in your, at your school or whatever it is, right? Like just, just think of it as like these mini focus groups 
and stop worrying so much about the, you know, the main image. If you're going into this whole new market and you need so much information aside from just whether your main image is going to do well, right? So that's, that's what I would advise. And yeah. I see, I see too many people just like jumping straight into like, cool, I'm just going to make sure this works and then check the box. And then I'm going to go straight into Germany, ship all my stuff there. And yeah. I mean, th there is a time and a place to do that. But what I think is, here's what it says, golden opportunity. Now, I'm using Germany as an example because I know and understand it and it's a big Amazon market, but it's probably yeah. even more true somewhere like Japan, which I don't have a, a, a handle on, but yeah, or, or other places like France, I mean, it's much smaller, but it could be valuable for your product. Here's what I would say. Most people make a listing in the way that Americans have a, and again, you know, present company accepted, but most Americans have a, most American companies have a habit of assuming that the world is like a mini version of America, just like the Brits yes. had the arrogance yeah, to do yeah, that yeah. In, in the 19th century. But we're a very small island, so it's harder to delude yourself here. We do a very good job here, but it's only 22 <laughs> miles to France, whereas America is oceans away from anywhere else. So, so, I mean, it's understandable. But I think if you do that, then you are just joining everyone else. And the great opportunity is that most people do things. They, they don't even put things in the native language, which blows my mind. So they, yeah. they list stuff with an English title in Germany, and then they clearly haven't adjusted the listing because it's screaming American type copy, which by the way, if you're British, you need to scream when you go to America and Germans, I'm just saying the other way around as well. If you go on about your features, the Americans will fall asleep and they won't buy. So, but, but if you take the trouble to do this, I think you have a massive competitive advantage because other people are doing such a terrible job of this in my experience. Yes. And that's, it's 2023. There aren't that many things left that people do really badly on Amazon. Now they used to be gaping opportunity. But I do think that is one. And, and if you can take the trouble to understand the mindset and adjust your copy, even if you hire an American, a British or, or a German copywriter, you can still split test the copy. So you can still yes. fine tune it. Yep. But that's much better to, for you to understand what are you, tr you know, the general approach to selling, the kind of culture, if you like, of buying, as you put it, which I think is great. Yep. So tell me that brings really me, that brings me to demographics. So for example, a certain country, so UK has a very, very high penetration of e-commerce across all ages. It tends to drop off at around my parents' age and getting into the eighties. My mum's actually ordered on Amazon once, I think, and that was an example of the pandemic, but that's pretty much not her bag. Um, whereas in Germany, as I understand it, and I don't have deep data on this, that the younger demographics tend to be the ones who shop intensely beyond Amazon. So when it comes to pick food, can you choose a demographics? Can you say, I want people of a certain age range or, or a certain income or uh, how fine-tuned can we be in, in the pick food system? If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 455. Yeah, so we do have demographic targeting by a lot of the basic like age and, and gender and income. And that's that's consistent across all the different countries. We have definitely more targeting on the U.S. just because we've been here longer. We're continually adding more internationally. So right now it's kind of launched with a, a more limited targeting, but like all the basic demographics that you would expect are targetable. So give me some examples of those. If you Yeah. So like, you know, like age and gender are probably like the most obvious ones. If you want to do like Amazon Prime subscriber, things like that. But some of the more behavioral ones like we have in the U.S., we might have like tea drinker or you know, actively plays a certain sport, something like that is we don't have that yet internationally, but we are working on adding it. Okay. So that's a bit more like the interest category in the Facebook sort of that's right. universe, yeah. that sort of thing. Okay. 
Yeah, nevertheless, I mean, if, if you've got the age and gender and if they're a prime subscriber, that gives you some some kind of useful starting points. Yeah. So tell me a bit about how we deal with language then. So if I'm, I, I speak German pretty fluently, so that's a bit different for me from anyone who doesn't, but I don't speak any Japanese. Well, I can say a few things in Japanese, including a few obscene things, but nothing very useful for e-commerce. So if I'm dealing with, say, Japan, how would I deal with the fact that I'm translating out of English into Japanese and then it's coming back out? Because obviously... If there is a big cultural difference, and obviously Japan is culturally different from pretty much everywhere on the planet, right? It has some yeah. similarities with China, but some major differences. And then, so, and it's a significant market. So, how would you go about dealing with making sure we've understood what's going on with the with the response? Yeah, I mean, so right now it is it is through auto translation. So we do do auto translation on the question and the responses back and forth into you know the target respondent language and your your target language on the customer side. So it is it is prone to auto translation issues. We always make the original available so that if you are like your like yourself able to to read the German, then you can always kind of like cross check the English translation versus the German. But yeah, I mean. I don't know if there's any way around that. <laughs> the The other way that we're working on doing things is we have this thing called combos where they're preset questions. And so we'll be launching preset questions in different languages as well. So that way, if you're worried about your English translation getting question, getting mangled to the German speakers, we'll have like more crafted German questions already set for, you know, doing product validation in, in Germany or image testing in Germany, that kind of thing. So as we expand into more countries where the language becomes an issue, we're also going to kind of start presetting more of those questions for people. And we already have a lot of those presets in our in, in English for people who are just kind of uncertain about like, well, how do I phrase a product variation test or something like, and we have a lot of those combos already set now. Right. And that makes sense. And those combos are already set for the US, but being developed for other countries or? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So product team is working on combos for different different international panels now and and those questions will be created in the target language yeah okay that makes a lot of sense in the end i think starting with a standardized version of something when you don't know what you're doing is is very sensible so i, I would certainly for example if i go into japan or say mexico or somewhere like that then you know i would certainly do that I mean, I'm mentioning a few countries. So you mentioned UK, Australia, Canada, Germany. Are yeah. you, is PickFu available yet in Mexico and Japan or any other Those are the next two on our list. So okay. Mexico yeah. and Japan, I think just by like the Amazon market share is kind of the most interesting ones to expand to next. Mm. And I think also just from like a cultural standpoint, uh, ones that people should be validating, like you said, like the Japanese culture, unless you're Japanese is, is going to be really hard to understand. So yeah, one that sure. we really advise people to <laughs> to do some validation. Yeah, I, I would advise them when they're going to Japan to do some validation and to talk to Japanese consumers because I just think it's so different. I mean, I, I yeah. know enough about it to understand how little I understand, I think. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah. Mexico, <laughs> for Americans, I guess is probably a bit more familiar depending on which bit of the states you live in, which is obviously vast. Sure. But if you live in Texas, you probably know you know plenty of Tex-Mex guys who can give you some kind of steer on it and and you know, I guess uh, that in, in countries with the sort of middle income countries that the, the price pressures will be more extreme and, and you have to understand sure. that as well. But I, yeah, I just, I really, again, it's, it's a question of, of that dance as we talked about in the last episode between daring to do something, which I would so encourage people to do. International expansion has so many upsides and we haven't even mentioned mm. that, but I would say, you know, the US dollar, who knows what, where it's going next or the pound or anything else. But it's great to have exposure to different currencies such yeah. that you mitigate the risk of one currency nosediving. 
Yeah. It's great to have exposure to different countries because you don't know what's going to happen in any given country. For example, a friend of mine a while ago in US was shutting down quite a lot of states while Europe was raging, you know, going ahead with mostly being open for business and their European sales kept them afloat during the pandemic while the wow. US sales cool. weren't great for a while. And then I think it flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing you can't even foresee, but it's a bit like asset allocation yes. in stock market investing, right? If you if you move, if you spread your risk across a few different asset classes, then if they behave slightly differently from each other, you, you've got some things can balance each other out, I think. And then yeah. it's just a simple question, if you, especially if you're just selling the UK, that you could be exposing yourself to bigger markets. And potentially the lovely thing, if you get it right, if you can expose yourself to markets that is not only bigger, but less competition. And I think mm-hmm. that if you sell in the UK only, or if you're a US-based seller and UAK has been your natural stopping off point for your first international expansion, okay. But Germany is often full of people, as I say, who do a very bad job of marketing, but it's a bigger and wealthier country and a bigger and wealthier Amazon market. That's a beautiful yeah. combination, right? So I think it's great to have the courage to go ahead, but, but Pickford yeah. gives you one of those sets of tools to really go in with some knowledge and, and understand, look before you leap, as I say. So I think this is really great stuff. And yeah. I like that asset allocation like mindset. Cool. I think it's important. The thing is, we just don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, if sure. you're, and the final play, I would say, like, I'm looking at you now, UK sellers. If you are a UK based seller and you're not selling internationally, then I don't know what your view of the UK economy is and what you're basing it on. But look at the, the, the GDP growth of the UK compared to the other G20, never mind three or four other countries. Look at the inflation level here compared to the US and then ask yourself why you're not trying to sell in the US mm-hmm. or Germany and justify it to me. And I'm going to tell you. It's because it's a comfort zone thing and you need to yes. get over that. And Pickfree is a brilliant way with almost no cost and no risk finding out what Americans think of your product. If they love it, you could have a whole new pro- product market on your hands. And I would just yeah. say, I would so encourage everyone to do this. So I've said a load of stuff for ages. Forgive me, just on being a very rude host. <laughs> have you got things that you think we should know about product validation or using Pickfoe for international expansion that we haven't discussed so far? No, I mean, I think I just want to reiterate to, to kind of like start early in the process and really just trying to understand people's mindsets, testing things as, as early as branding, company names, all that kind of stuff, even whether they even need, if they have that use case. I mean, you may assume that all parents have the same issues and same needs, but maybe they don't, right? Like, I mean, obviously like every, every economic infrastructure is different. And so maybe there's no need for baby carriers in some country. I don't know, right? Like just, just make sure that use cases are validated. No, you make an extremely good point because I mean, different cultures have a different relationship to different things. So a lot of Germans build their own houses. That's very uncommon in Britain, but a lot of Brits obsessively do their houses up and make the bathroom better and the kitchen better Mm. and whatever. Whereas in France and what's happened, I was recently in rural France and got some friends who got some property out there and the property is really cheap and people go in and they spend a load of money on making the bathroom better. And guess what? The French aren't that bothered about that. They just buy a house and live in it. So all these, you know, that's an example of just DIY, for example, yeah. the public sector can behave very different. There's another different cultural relationship to it where the Germans have this sort of saying, you know, work, work, build a house in, in certain parts of Germany. It's like a shuffle, shuffle, hustler, boy, it sounds in, in Schwaben in the Southwest. They even have their own cliches about it because certain parts of Germany have an obsession with building your own house. Brits have mm. an obsession with doing the houses up. Americans are kind of also probably similar depending yeah. on which bit of America. And then the French just live in a house. So yeah, you're so right that assuming that it works the same way, very unwise. Assumptions are the yep. mother of all F-ups, as they say in, yes. in Britain. <laughs> Only we, we tend to say the rude word because that's another cultural difference. If you swear on a podcast with Americans, they're all shocked, whereas British people swear all the time. 
So I'm not saying you should swear in your Amazon listing, but it's another example of cultural difference, which is it's, it's always there when you look for it. So look, well, for anyone who wants to use PickFu, they're going to go to www.pickfu, that's P-I-C-K-F-U.com, right? And that's correct. Also, you've got a coupon code. Tell us a bit more about how people can use PickFu if they want to test it out. Yeah. So it's, first of all, it's always free to go to pickfu.com and create your own account. There's a coupon code, AmazingFBA, that you can use for 50% off your first poll. So go ahead and create a poll at checkout. You can apply this coupon code for 50% off. It should be easy enough to use to figure out. But if you need help, we have a customer success team that can live chat with you or hop on a, a Zoom strategy call and just really help you come up with the questions or maybe sometimes interpret the results. Sometimes people have an issue figuring out like, well, it's, you know, what do I do with this? Like, what are some of my next steps? And that's something that we can help with as well. So if you ever, it, it's all self-serve, but if you ever need help, we've got a very helpful team here. That's really good, actually, because I mean, self-serve means you can get started easily without getting it complicated. But that's on right. the other hand, sometimes you do need that help. So that's good yes. to you there. <laughs> and just nitpicky question, but is that available to anyone who's on the platform? Do you need to be like a, in a gold level or whatever it is? No, no, anyone, anyone can reach out. Our, our team is trying to, trying to be helpful to anyone. And we're trying to democratize enterprise market research and, and kind of teach everyone that there is a, this way of getting consumer feedback. So we're, we're happy to help anyone. Fantastic. Well, that's really generous because I think that what you just said, making sense of the results, never mind framing the questions, you got, you got a bunch of data and you go, well, what does that actually mean? Yeah, that's yeah. an important question. And I think the fact that you guys can help with that is a, is a really great icing on the cake, actually. Great. Well, look, any other things we should have talked about, about this topic? Um, no, I, I think we covered quite a bit. We did, didn't we? Okay. So I, I just want to reiterate, reiterate one thing, which is I, I love the simplicity of a tool like PickFu. And I love the fact that you can use it early in the process. And I said this before, but I'm going to re bang people over the head of it. The, the earlier you change stuff in yes. any kind of process, the cheaper, the less stressful it is. And, and again, this dance between having an idea and then building it like a crazy person or having an idea and then going, but maybe nobody wants it and doing nothing. Both are solved by going out to your market and asking them whether they want the stuff. And yeah. if you've got the courage to ask and, and you're willing to accept the answer, no, we hate it or mm, it's okay. Then, you know, you can actually move on. And I say this as somebody who gets stuck myself, like any human being. And, and for me, that's like a, a book for me next. So as you said to me, Justin, you know, you could use your pick food to validate which kind of market you're going to go into with the book. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm going to do yeah. next. So I'm going to use the tool myself later today. I think one of the next, so the next few days. So love it. Thank you so much, Justin Chen of PickFu for coming on the show. And again, product validation as early as you can in the process. Super smart thing to do. PickFu is a wonderful tool to do it. I've been Michael Vizi and Justin, you've been a lovely guest. Thank you for so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mike. My pleasure. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 455. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.